See this? This is my boomstick! got news for you, pal. You ain't leading but two things right now. Jack and shit. And Jack left town. Could it be? We are back once again. Yes, it is. I am. Here I am in in living color. Oh, that's not true. I'm just here in your, in your ears. My name's Mal, and this is, of course, Slow Robot A Go Go, show 311, if you're keeping track at home. And I think I know you are. So let me think. Slow Robot 311. I have to always write stuff down. Because as you get older, your brain stops working correctly, and uh, that's that's me. So sad, but true. Ah, uh, let's see. I was gonna uh, I was gonna do an in-depth deep dive in one of the movies I watched this week, but then I was like, I don't think I could carry the whole segment. So what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna talk about some of the movies I watched this week, and I'm gonna drop in a couple of the shows, uh, a couple episodes from Kung Fu Theater. A while back, we had a uh, me and Doctor Morbius. If you remember him from the shows prior, or, you know, maybe last year or so, um, we did a show called on uh, RadioStPete.com called Kung Fu Theater, and we talked about all kinds of crazy Asian martial arts stuff. So uh, this week, I think I'm gonna drop in two. So you might hear some weird branding in there somewhere. I, I'm not gonna scrub the whole show trying to cleanse it of the name. I'm not embarrassed about it at all. Uh, but that's the way I think I'm going to go this week. Uh, let's see. What did I watch? Oh my God! Uh, Battle for the last. Battle for the last. Battle for the lost planet. Wow! Battle for the lost planet. And I can't uh, read my writing, which is a little scary because uh, actually, uh, you know, I should be able to read it, but I cannot. Battle for the lost planet. This was one that I watched a little bit, and then I was like, oh, I'm in too deep, I can't turn it off. So I watched it all the way through. It was a very, um, it was a nice, solid B movie. Don't get me wrong. It's also, you can look it up under Galaxy. It's also called Galaxy, so Battle of the Lost Planet, I, that's the title I saw it under, of course, on Netflix streaming or or, uh, or Amazon Prime streaming. And you know what, for the record, I get those two mixed up. And, I, and I'll never, I, I maybe I should like a little asterisk by the name, but I don't think you care that much. Uh, so yeah, like, like I have both of those. I don't have cable, so I have Netflix, and then I have Amazon Prime. And I think they're starting to understand what I'm about, because they're starting to suggest things that are a little bit more up my alley. And the Battle for the Last Lost Planet was one of them. Basically, like it's this weird. There's a there's a guy who's who's the you know who's the uh, uh, Matt Mittler plays Harry Trent, and he basically. He's in trouble and he's running away and then he gets to the uh, he, he he they're they're kind of they have him pinned down and he steals a space shuttle and flies away and then then like he kind of comes back later to to he gets back to Earth and then uh, like years and years and years and then he, he finds out that there's a, it's under alien domination and basically you know he's uh, it's like it's like kind of sci-fi kind of post-apocalypse kind of weird. I don't know. I, it was okay. It, it was, uh, I enjoyed it. You know, it was one of those ones where you turn your brain off and you don't have to worry about it too much because, uh, you know, it's, uh, not really a big deal. 
if you forget a lot of it, which I have. Then I watched Spaceballs. Um, still holds up. <laughs> I laughed quite a bit. I have a um, I have a Mel Brooks box set, but of course I just uh, it was on the uh, Spaceballs was on uh, on streaming again, so I like watched it. I have a lot of fun with this movie. Now I did watch this a lot when I was growing up, so maybe that's part of it. I found a lot of Mel Brooks movies very, very funny. And I watched them a lot when I was a kid. And uh, I don't know if they all hold up, but I know this one does. You know, he had done... He was the king of shtick for a while. And he made the kind of movies that really appealed to me. They were almost... They weren't lowbrow. Well, I can't can't say that. They were, they were kind of slapstick kind of funny if you don't if you've not delved deep into the uh into the filmography of mel brooks i would advise it there was a there was a like nice little uh maybe a decade and a half or so that his movies were very funny and i and they were they were just gems star uh, space balls uh was one of them that i i watched rewatched and i laughed a lot what struck me the most about space balls is that it came out not too long after Star Wars. I mean, it was it was long, but technology was exploding so fast because of that movie. Spaceballs looked to, like ten times better than than this high dollar, uh, you know, the, than Star Wars did, just because technology like got ahead of it, and it was uh, and it was able to uh, reap the benefits of a nice looking movie. You know, and it's, I like the original Star Wars too. I've I've often talked. I I found it on VHS, so I ha- uh, ripped. The one that was no nothing done to it, and boy, did I enjoy watching that again without all the junk on it. Star Wars. Then I watched the often uh, quoted Battlefield Earth. <laughs> Jesus Christ, this. Uh, I don't even know what to say about this one. This is like the homage to Elron Hubbard from uh, Travolta. Holy shit, this was a shit show. I don't hate this movie. I mean, I watch it and laugh at it. I don't laugh with it. I point and laugh at it. It's like that, that just a mess of stupid, you know, and it's so dumb and everything about it sucks so hard that it's like I enjoy it. I guess I, I watch it the same way many people watch The Room or Troll 2 or whatever the hell, you know. But Battlefield Earth is often on a top 10 worst movies list. Eh, maybe top 20 top worst movies. And there's a reason. I mean, it sucks pretty hard. But I find it enjoyable. I watch it, you know. Uh, it was just one of those that I thought was a very... I, I enjoy it. Every time I watch it, I laugh about it. And it's it's okay, you know. It's no, it's it's fine to like a bad movie. And I, I like many bad movies, and that's one of them. But boy, you remember the... In 90... Like when uh, Pulp Fiction came out, and then you know, oh my God! All of a sudden, everyone was like, "Oh, we love this guy again!" Like he, like he went away. Uh, uh, um, you know, uh, dancing guy. What the hell's his name? Uh, John Travolta. You know, he went away, and everyone was like, "Oh, he's the wash-up." And then he came back, and he was really cool for a, little, a couple years. He got the Tarantino rub, you know, and he was really cool. And then he started acting. And then people were like, oh, you can go away because you're a bad actor. But he's not a terrible actor. He's just uh, of the Bruce Campbell ilk. He just doesn't realize it, I guess. That's my theory. I mean, I could be wrong. I enjoy watching a lot of his stuff. But uh, this one was, holy shit. If you've never seen it, do yourself a favor and grab a couple beers and watch this one because holy hell. 
then after that, I watched a uh, documentary called The Farthest, Voyager in Space, and it talked about the two Voyager missions and like kind of what they did and what they really uh, achieved. Boy, it was really it, It's great to see that. You know, I, I mean, I know about the Golden Record and all the like some of the stuff about it, but you don't realize how awesome of a task that was and how really how great like some of the stuff that NASA has been pushing forward and, and doing really is, you know, and it was, it's so cool to think back then that they did those, those missions and they, you know, they, they were giving us some of the first images of this stuff and, and how they like fix stuff on the fly. Cause they had to figure things out. It was really, uh, it was just one of those that kind of popped up. I don't even remember who did it. It wasn't BBC. Obviously it was like, uh, I don't know who did it, but it was, it was really cool. You know, I immediately went on the NASA website and like, you know, looked at some of the promotional stuff for it because I don't know if you know, NASA has one of the most robust, forward-facing, uh, like websites there is. You know, they they detail everything. I'm pretty sure if you read everything on NASA's website, you could technically be, uh, you know, work for NASA and know everything. It's it's kind of impressive. Then I watched a high-dollar movie that I had that I had not watched. Um, I don't know why ever either. Uh, it was um, 1997's L.A. Confidential, and I this is one I didn't watch, and I don't know why I didn't watch it. It just was, it just kind of, I don't know what got went past me somehow. I, I was probably whipped up in Tarantino fever and didn't notice this one. It was like a real 50s um, private eye kind of movie. It has a ton of stars. I mean, this is just star crazy is Kevin Spacey, Russell Crowe, who else? Kim Bassinger, Danny DeVito, which I love. I love seeing Danny DeVito in the wild. Uh, let's see. Uh, there's, there's just a whole bunch of, uh, of movies, I mean, of, of stars in there. And it, it's a great movie. Uh, it, it was one that I, I have to rewatch it. I, I, this is one I might actually buy. I don't know if they have a criterion of it or not, but I mean, I'm sure they have a Blu-ray and all that, whatever. It's a really good movie, and it wasn't too talky talk. And that's one thing I mentioned Tarantino, th- tw- I think three times on this damn show already. And sorry, everyone. There was the, the influence after Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs was most scripts bloated out into nonsense jargon, nonsense talk that was just talky talk talk, and everyone had to talk all kinds of shit and about nothing that was going on. But then it would come back around and get you and this one I didn't seem that way. This one was actually a movie, you know, where where everything was kind of driving the plot and, and made sense to be there, which was refreshing. Cause '90s, early late '90s, early 2000s, screen, uh, you know, like a lot of the screenplays got really bloated with stupid shit uh, that didn't have to be there because it was done right a couple times, but not much after that. So that was crazy. Then I watched, well, because I watched that one, then, then of course, it was like, hey, if you like that, why don't you watch, you know, 1922? And I was like, okay, I guess so. So that was a movie, uh, that was a brand, that was a new release. Um, and I don't know why, I don't know why it suggested this, because once you turn down, that's one thing these streaming things always do. Once you turn down a certain path, it kind of grabs you by the reins and said, no, no, come on, here, let me lead this horse to water. Drink, you stupid horse. So this one was a uh, was, it was a uh, um, a Stephen King novel, 
that was adapted. It was 1922, and it was set in that period, so it was kind of cool. It was basically this farmer um, married a lady, uh, and and t- for her land, kind of like they didn't really allude to like that's why he married her, but she got tired of the farmland, and this was like in some shit, not shithole, like was it like Ohio, not Ohio. No, no, I know, I'm not calling these places shithole. They they were like in the Dust Bowl. I, I want to say it was uh, set in. Um, oh, Iowa? I don't know. It doesn't matter. It was set somewhere where they were kind of like, oh my god, you know, he, like, he was trying to be a farmer and things weren't going so good and the wife wanted to leave and he wanted to stay. She was a city gal. She was making 1920s, 20s dresses, flappers and stuff. So he started getting convinced that she was going to leave and sell the land, which she was. So he murdered her and he convinced his son that it was that the only way this is going to work is if they murdered the mother and they threw her down the well and then and then they like threw a cow on top of her saying oh that's why they filled in the thing was to put the cow and I was like ah oh, jesus christ i didn't like that part and then it went kind of went rat crazy like he looked down and saw his mangled wife at the bottom of the well and then there was rats crawling in and out of her mouth and her other parts and you're like come on dude and that's when uh, stephen king's Rat mania ran wild on me, brother, and it was. And then it kind of made it for me. It really took away from the story, you know. I don't like that kind of shit. It was a great story. I didn't need the the weird CG rat gore stuff. I know. I mean, I'm sure it was in the book, and I'm sure it was really tense and all that stuff. But I was like, stop it. It detracted from the story, to be honest with you, because the story was really good, and then it was told from that. They show you the last scene, except the final ending. Then they show you the story of how it leads up to it. And, oh, whoop, there it is again. Here's the ending. And because, like, the son knocked up some girl, and then she froze to death. Because that was, that was taboo back then. And then and he killed himself because they robbed a bank. It was all this, it was like lots of twists and turns. And the, and the husband's lo- slowly losing his mind, freezing to death. You know, then the neighbors thought, the neighbors turned on him because his daughter was the one that our hero's son knocked up and took away, and then they both died. It was a tragic story. In the end, it was just a suicide story, so, you know, that was okay. I didn't mind that ending. Then I watched uh, the spoof Spy Hard, because I was, uh, came out of that, and I was like, I need to laugh a little bit. Let's watch that. And then I watched Spy Hard, which was uh, just one of those spoof movies based on a 007. Leslie Nielsen was an incredible actor back then doing some of that stuff. Those were very... Those airplanes, Spy Hard... What was that one? There was the one that was the Rambo knockoff. That eh, It was it was like one of the most famous ones. It was because it, it was really well done. Um, damn it. Eh, it doesn't matter. All right. Uh, and somebody, somebody right now that's listening at home or listening at your work just was screaming at the at the thing because I can't remember the name of this really famous, famous one, uh, you know. But whatever. Then I watched Scary Movie, and that's the one I was gonna do for this show, but I was like, I don't know, man. The Waynes uh, had a comedy had a t- comedy TV show for a while, and then they then they branched off and did start doing some of these spoof movies. And Scary Movies, one I've watched numerous times, I like it quite a bit. Um, some of these spoof movies work, and they're very funny. 
And then most of them don't hit at all, and they're terrible. You know, and I don't know. I think there was also not another teen movie, and not another. Not then there was some of those cheerleader dance-off ones that they were kind of spoofing. I didn't like those much at all. You know, and, and that's that's okay. It's just I just didn't care for them very much. So I was like, yeah, the hell with it. You know, and then I, I was gonna delve deeper into that whole thing, and I was like, nah, I'm not gonna do that. Then I went. Then I kind of went uh, uh, documentary crazy. This was starting on Monday night after work. I drug my ass home, tired of work, tired of life, and I watched a Johnny Thunder documentary about the the junkie Johnny Thunder. He's a. He, I I. I didn't realize his influence, um, in punk, in you know, in that kind of in that music scene. So it was kind of cool to see that. Of course, he died. You know, he was having all kinds of problems. Then I watched. Uh, uh, scene, scenology, whatever scene. It was something stupid like that, where it was like the punk scene, like from '85 to '90. It was talking about like the fashion and the stuff and the thing. And I was like, I don't know about all this. Uh, you know. And then I was then uh, then I watched Beyond the Trek, which was a newer sci-fi movie, where um, base. It's, this one's gonna be hard to explain. I liked it. It was, a new, it was a new sci-fi movie, so it was a lot of that CG stuff, you know, where it's like, okay, whatever. Uh, like, basically, there's a, st- a stuck mining... Like, out at Titan, there was a mining station, space station kind of thing, and, and it was stuck out there adrift. And they sent these, like... In the future, humans kind of messed their DNA and became superhumans. Not like space... Not like, you know... S- like, uh, Superman and shit like that. But, I mean, like, they were just genetically enhanced, very smart, very... And they looked down upon normal humans, but they were still kind of slave to humans for now. And they go out to this thing, and there's only one guy left, and there's one alien robot girl... Or, not alien. A rope, like, a you know, one of the early generation fembots there. And everyone else is dead. And, um... And they're trying to figure out what's going on here. And this guy won't talk. And their primary their primary mission is to get back the cargo. And as it unveils, the spoiler alerts all over the place. So, you know, as it unveils, this guy's acting weirder and weirder. And it turns out that something in Titan's atmosphere or the stuff they were mining, like it it, enhan- it changes the DNA profile of the of the genetic people. And they start killing each other or start going crazy a little bit, you know. And then, and then it turns out that the first AI woman, or the first ro- or you know, the first robotic fembot, was behind the whole thing. And she saves the the, the 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 at the very end. There's one woman that we've kind of been following, one of the genetically enhanced ladies that was there first. She kind of saved the last human and said, "You take the pod and go." And then she crash-landed the space station into Titan to blow it up. And that was the end. It was a pretty good movie, honestly. And then I watched... Finally, I know. Oh my god, I had a good week. I watched a lot of movies. And I, finally I watched uh, Mad Mark Rude. It was about some guy who was a fixture of the punk scene in San Diego. And... Uh, I don't know. I don't know. Like, it was one of those... Like, the more I watched the, the documentary, the more I was like, why, do I, why would I like this guy? You know, he died of a drug overdose, and I mean, he was known for beating people up and and you know not taking any shit. And he was all cool and everything. I was like, wow, that's uh, that's great. 
to totally just because you don't like something to totally knock someone out in the dance floor. That's yeah, that's, that's really be be proud of yourself. That's great. Uh, but whatever, it, I you know some of those some of the punk stuff you watch. And they, you know, and they delve deeper into the drugs and the, all the problems that they was having. And you kind of go, eh, you know, maybe maybe that scene is remembered more fondly than it really was. Um, I was in that scene, but I never did smack, so I never beat up anybody. I never, you know, hurt women. So, uh, you know, take it for what you will. I didn't like the documentary very much. Oh, that's the one thing I wanted. The scene, that, that scenology or scene, whatever it was, was talking about the... The punks and, and oh the hair metal scene from the eighty five to ninety. One of the things that that damn documentary did is every time someone said a name, it cut from what they were saying and showed a four second clip of that band, and then went back to finish the sentence. And they did it all the time, and it ruined the flow so bad it was like it it, it was an almost infuriating because it would be like. Oh yeah, you know, I remember we got to see Guns N' Roses. Stop dead. Three seconds of Guns N' Roses. Or like Motley Crue. Stop dead. Motley Crue. Or like, you know, the 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 uh the, the B-52s. Some, they'd say some shit and you'd be like, oh my god, please stop saying names because it's going to ruin... I won't be able to hear the sentence. Like, you have to let those people continue the sentence. Even if you show the band, let the sentence finish in our heads... It was so jarring. I was like, oh my god, I wanted to grab the TV and smash it. But I didn't. So, yeah, that was one of the things I was like, holy shit. Once and doneer, I'm thinking, from the documentary world. Ah, well. Those you know, those streaming places are crazy town for the uh, for documentaries. They're all about it. Alright, that's it. I hope you enjoyed uh, me talking about some of the stuff I've watched. Here is... Uh, I think it's Kung Fu Theater number two. This is a blast from the past. I don't even know when this was made. Let me see if I can find the uh, dates on this. Hold on, properties. When was this? This was done, uh, wow, May 14th. Almost, wow, 2016. My, my, how things have changed. Here you go. Blast from the past. This is Kung Fu Theater. I'll see you next week uh, with a movie or more Kung Fu Theater. I don't know. It depends on how the ratings are. We'll see. All right. Thanks, everyone. See you next week. Hey, hey, it's your old pal Krusty for my new pork sandwich, the Clogger. If you can find a greasier sandwich, you're in Mexico. <laughs> when a man is trained for violence, he doesn't give a damn if it's on the battlefield or the open road. Chrome and hot leather is the story of Mitch, who marshaled his green berets against the biker's freak savagery. Mitch, a case-hardened fighter, tempered for combat in any kind of dirty war. Jim, the best right arm any outfit ever had. Hank, the battering ram, to plow through when the going got tough. In chrome and hot leather, it was search and destroy in a gut fight to the finish. To the bikers, the message was loud and clear. Don't muck around with a Green Beret's mama, or you'll get your chopper rammed down your throat. See Chrome and Hot Leather, in color, rated GP. This tells it like it is over there. Here, the difference is the battle line. Phil won a medal, and he came home for a long, hard ride ahead, with a friend's promise to keep, and a friend's woman to take.
Then he could start living for himself, if he was still alive. The Hard Ride is a motion picture of three loves. A man's love for a friend, a woman's love for a man, and their love of living. See The Hard Ride in color. Rated GP. Hear the original soundtrack music available on Family Paramount Records. Come on, throw in a buck. Uh-uh, I don't tip. You don't tip? No, I don't believe in it. I'm ready. We are, are ready. ready to rock. Yes. Oh, this is welcome again. We're back week two of Kung Fu Theater. The Kung Fu Theater movie podcast review show. And boy, we got a great one for you today, oh, right? Oh my God. This was my pick this week, and oh. you're going to get a lot of weird ones from me. Let oh, me tell you. I sat and watched this and I was like, how are we going to get 30 minutes out of this? Thing? We will do it because we can. Because Yikes. we have professional show business. Yikes. What anyway. Have, we, basically, the format is we, we review a one po- one kung fu movie. We kind of do a deep dive and talk about it, this and that and the other thing. Kind of like our other podcast, Slow Robot A Go-Go. But we do two movies on Slow Robot. Yes, we are movie reviewing machines yes we're doing three movie reviews a week now we we're oh. cranking them out but we're loving every minute of what's that it. thing oh yeah glutton for punishment anyway this well week, some sometimes so uh, sometimes. La- last week we did uh uh shaolin abbot shaolin Ab- abbot or uh, aka slice of death slice of death yeah with those weird uh <laughs> titles this this movie today they were talking wow. about that. It has also 20 titles, too. Oh, my gosh. Uh, we watched it as uh, Death Dimension. It's also known as Black Eliminator and five other titles. So you know a movie's good. Oh you know how good a movie is by uh, the ti- the retitling of these Now, this classics. is something I'm going to do a little bit of an offshoot, but we have the time. I was There was a theory I have in Kung Fu. A theory. It's a theory. It's a hypothesis, if you will. Okay. And I'm trying to do info gathering, and I'm going to chart this as we go along. Not an infomercial, though. No. Okay, good. And it hasn't come up in these two movies. My theory is, I watched so many kung fu movies, and at one point in almost every kung fu movie, mm-hmm. a Chinese girl goes, hmm, and she storms off. And I, I'm uh, trying to draw a correlation between how early in the movie a harumph is given uh, as to the quality of the movie. Oh, so I'm, the harumph factor. The harumph factor. It's, it's, it's my own... The, in my brain, I kind of made this up like as a plucky, uh, you know, Chinese guy goes hmm at the at the hero and storms <laughs> off. And these two weeks, I was going to start charting it at what minute Harumph happens, and then what the what the movie's overall the, the, uh, score is. You know. Yes. Um, no Harumphs in this movie. No Harumphs in last week's either. And I'm like, come on now, we need a hur- good old fashioned hmm. And then so, but I, I am going to keep track of that. Yeah. It's just so far zero zero by some i anomaly as it were. Yeah. No harumphs. 
Uh, it, it's it's baffling to me. Well, but this is an American-made movie, so I doubt the Harumph would be in this yeah, movie. No, no, there's no. <laughs> Uh, you know, and this is this is almost more black exploitation than kung fu. This is almost like a sequel to Black Samurai, which we watched on Slow Robot. It's made yes. by the same people: the great Al Adamson, yeah. the great Sensei Jim <laughs> Kelly, and Bond people are in this movie. We have Odd Job in this Odd movie. Job is boy looking. They should have put a hat on him or shaved <laughs> the rest of his head. Well, yeah, <laughs> it was the seventies after I all. Can't. And uh, George Lazenby, the one-time James Bond who quit the franchise just because he wanted... He, re- he quit the franchise because he he joined like some kind of hippie commune. No, no, no kidding. I read wow. about him. He made the movie, and then he got hipster. And when they were doing the promos for the movie, when they were doing the, the you know, the selling of the movie afterwards, he had like a big beard. And they told him, you got to shave that, man. It doesn't look like James Bond. And I don't know if he, he, if he you like, know, nah. said nah, but he quit. Uh, and he, it was a bad move on his part because he's not a great actor. He's an a, he's a decent actor. He's not I, a great actor, but it was a great Bond movie on Her Majesty's Secret Service with my favorite yeah. Bond girl of them all, Diana Rigg, Miss Miss Peel from uh, the Avengers. But nice. Anyway, and I, I also I thought George Lazenby was the bad guy from Catalina Caper, but he wasn't. It, oh, okay. Very similar guy. I don't know how to describe it, but we're off on a tangent here. This is, as, as well, we will be. This is called Death movies. Dimension, and Jim AKA Ca- five other movies. Yes, and Jim Kelly, not the football player, the martial artist. No. Um, Jim Kelly rocks the most awesome afro. Oh, he's in martial. He art, always I has. He always has. You know, and I, I, I kind of like. I didn't know a whole lot about him. Other than I know he's he's an iconic name in Enter the kung the fu world. End of the Dragon, um, Black Belt Jones, Black Belt Jones, uh, Black Samurai, Hot Potato. Yep. But then he just falls off. Like other than those couple, yeah, well, he just does like these kind of movies, which are basically black exploitation with a little bit of kung fu peppered in. And let's not forget our kung fu. Uh, Asian man, Myron Bruce Lee. Yes. Myron Bruce Lee. I'm not sure if he was Jewish or not, but I uh, didn't look it. Could be. I don't know. But anyway, in addition to the clones yeah. of Bruce Lee, like Bruce Lai, Bruce Led, Dragon yeah. Lee, Pinky Lee, you know, all the... all the Pinky Tuscadero. Pinky Tuscadero, yeah. all the Bruce Lee clones and clonettes. So this one here is... this this. this Death Dimension is, <laughs> is is a very strange... Which is why I picked it. It's almost like... I don't know if you remember a movie called Agent for Harm. Oh, um, yeah. Where they were after... The whole thing was there was this weapon about a gun that made you melt into a pile of goo. Right. And, the goo gun. And that was the only thing that was the driving force. Similar to this one where the only thing... There's this bomb that freezes people. Yes. And then it kills them. And you're like, well, that's not even practical. I don't even know what you'd... I don't get it. Well, but it, well I didn't it, get a. But well, no, it was it was they they created this bomb as a secret weapon to sell some like foreign countries so they could like, you know, hijack or blackmail countries. Hey, if you don't give us blah blah, we're gonna freeze your butts all to death. Yeah, you're gonna freeze you to death. And the beginning of the movie is kind of weird. It was kind of like it was kind of off-putting. I actually fast forward a little bit because the, throughout the opening credits, you all you see is the some woman getting this. Microchip inserted <laughs> yeah. in her brain with a with a dull knife or whatever that was, and you're like, yeah, okay. You know. Yeah, it was bad. It, it was, was gross. It wasn't good. And it was weird. And it was fakey, but you know what do you expect? And right? at that point, when she she stands up and she's like, oh, thank you, doctor, 
And I th- immediately thought, I wonder how many times the doctor said, I can put these in your breasts. That would be much better of a place. Because yeah. <laughs> she was well endowed and very skimpily dressed. And I was like, I wonder how many times he pitched that he should... Uh, the, not on the face. The yeah. face. I, I think it'd be better if, you, if we if we put these in in your breasts, you know, somewhere. I I, I well, think the doctor. As, as long as the turtle doesn't bite them off. I think the doctor was was gonna pitch that, and she was probably like, just just keep it above board, doc. Th- this movie, Harold Sakata is the bad guy, and you know, like in the Bond movies, the bad guy Blofeld or whatever, he pets the cat, and the, no, uh, Odd Job pets his turtle. Okay, I don't, I don't think that's a, a euphemism for anything, <laughs> but he spends the whole time, and he has like a variety of He's turtles. He's carrying turtles, and I'm like, okay, okay. first of all, you, if you pet a turtle, it feels nothing. It's no. like petting a rock, or a pet rock. Or a or, pet rock. I mean, I, not much in this movie makes a lot of sense. But it's and so gloriously, in my opinion, strange. Which is I, I don't know. <laughs> I, I know. I was really I like, oh, I hate this. I don't hate <laughs> I this hate movie. I hate it, hate it. There is some it's strange. A, as we go along and as we 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 talk about these different movies, you know, because w- we hope that this is a weekly feature that we do every, you know, for quite some time. Kung fu movies, you can kind of tell their production value not by money, but by like choreographing. Yeah. Because let's no bones about it. Most kung fu movies are casseroles of nonsense. There's not a whole lot of plot. As is life. As is life. But for some reason. Some of them work, and for some reason, some of them don't. And this, to me, this one falls into the don't because they have. There's a ton of gunplay, which I don't like yes. seeing guns in my kung fu movies. Yes. Because, sorry, I'm a practicing black belt. Guns equal. That's the end of your karate. Yes. Uh, you, well, you know. <laughs> uh, well, Jim Kelly, the protagonist, the hero, is a detective assigned to this case. Right. It, so that's so, so you kind of got that going on for it. So and then he and then he brings in like a, a kung fu guy with him later on to yep. like you know fight the baddies or whatever. Yes, and 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 yeah. yeah. So this whole movie is basically the search for this woman that's got the microchip implanted in, in her head somewhere because that's how they can figure out how the bomb right. Is so made they they have to stop the scourge of the bomb. Uh, odd job is trying to find the bomb because the pig they call him pig yeah they call him pig the pig and which is really odd and offsetting offputting but it, and because the doctor killed himself after they tested the bomb because he knew it was going to be used for bad yeah because he, he wasn't going to be part of that he just, he, the reason he wanted to make the bomb was because of like the dry you know the, the, for countries that for uh, countries that were like having droughts. This bomb would what, actually freeze everything and cause precip- precipitation. Yeah, but what the bad guys, of course, use it to freeze for, people for, to yeah. death. And you see four people, four guinea pig people, like <laughs> so it's so being tied up in the desert, and the bombs dropped on, and it looks like a CO2 pellet or something. Yeah, and they, so and then and then he's like, "I won't let you use it for evil. I'll beat it out of you." Too late, twi- and he dies. Yeah, and then the girl's gone, and he's like, "Get her, get his secretary," and and they're like, "She's gone." So she has the plans in 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 your in her little noggin there, and then uh, that now enter the movie. So that's where we pick up with kind of the action of the movie. There's only one reason for this class, gentlemen. 
That's to teach you how to survive in the street. The name of the game is Save Your Ass. Who said you, sucker? What are you doing, you asshole? Huh? Who said you? What did you do with Mason's formula? And I need information now. Call! Remember to defend all vital parts of the body. She is hungry. Once he bites your tit, you have to cut his head off before he'll let go. Say, tell me, how's our friend, uh, the pig? He still stinks. I tell you, I'll meet you at his place, uh, first thing in the morning, okay? You're on. Jab in motion only. No roundhouse kicks or careless swing that will lead to an immediate opening. And as you can tell, that was the trailer for said Death Dimension. So getting back to the plot of this movie, basically it's just the, the search for this woman. She's like yep. rambling. She's she's going in through town. I guess she doesn't know where she's going. And Sakata's looking for her. The yeah. police are looking for her. Jim Kelly's looking for her. And he's going to also all sorts of odd places. Like he ends up in a brothel. Oh, God. With like, you know, like some nut particularly great looking women and, and oh and, and and right in the beginning they jim kelly goes oh you now i can tell who killed this person because you can see the cut the cut was a it was left-handed and this is a this is from a pinky ring that only haitians use and odd job has a has a haitian henchman so it's it's odd job and you're like now wait a minute. You should be throwing like a, a a hat you know or this something this is just one of those the the, the fact and this happens a lot in black exploitation, which okay, like they go, they show like the depth of knowledge that the that Shaft or 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 Jim Kelly have is so off the charts that 
you know, yeah. modern computers couldn't make these d- deductions, but Shaft is on the case, or Jim That's Kelly is on the Yeah, and just <laughs> talk about Shaft. Don't talk about Shaft. <laughs> Shut your mouth. <laughs> but, you know, and so he's like, he's he's this guy who knows everything, and he's like, okay, now I'm on the case, and he's shaking down hookers and all that, all that stuff. And yeah. The car chases where he's driving his car, and then like the bad guys like ramming him because they also they make the leap to go to L.A. Right. They're like, oh, the girls landed in L.A. And then then Ajab and his and the Haitian hitman who's like they go out of the way to make him gross. He spits on the he's floor. He's got like uh, he's got like uh, scars on his face. Like yeah, yeah. he's he's a, he's and a, he's humongous too. Yeah. I think he still does stunt work. He's like a he's a real oh, okay. high end stuntman. Oh, this okay. is just like a movie he was in, you know. Oh, all, right, all right. And and so then he's like, "Oh," and he takes his prostitute and he's like, uh, you know, the, the pig. So the pig, the Haitian and the prostitute, they're like walking to a bar, you know. So they Sounds they like a joke. Yeah, I know. So they go, "Oh yeah, let's let's go to LA." So they go to LA and then they, they go to one of the pig's many brothels he owns and they just are hanging out in this whorehouse and you're like, "Okay, I guess whatever, you yeah, know." Yeah, they got they got to they got to do something to keep <laughs> To make 84 minutes. Gotta do something. Gotta do something to get those 84 minutes in. (laughs) And then, like, every now and then they'll kill somebody. Or every now and then... there'll be a fight. There'll be your your, your standard obligatory kung fu martial arts fight where Jim Kelly, like, beats, like, eight guys to death. Yeah, and, and... it was interesting. And there's a lot of like groin grabs. He grabs like, like five guys' junk, and you're <laughs> like, "Oh my god, what's wrong with you? What, it, that's it not hurts. right." I was like, "That you need to go to help. You need to talk to a psychiatrist about this thing you got going the groin on." Groin grab, you know, but, it's, but, it, it's effective. <laughs> yeah, so is kicking someone there, yeah. and then you're not handling anyone else's handling things. Packages, but, uh, but so if he, you want to handle packages, go work at UPS. That's a yeah, different story. Or work or do a Mike Hammer movie. Yeah, you know, Mike so, Hammer movie. So, yeah. so, no, but this, but I'm bum. The the um, but this guy, you know, it was interesting because I looked up Jim Kelly and I was like reading about him because I realized when I was watching this, I was like, this isn't who I thought this guy was. You know, I thought I thought it was I, I thought he was more like a. More like Bruce Lee, stoic and that kind of thing. No, he's and a, he's a, he's. A, yeah, he goes, he goes, he, there was I a couple of lines in it. It was like he's with his girlfriend. He's like malt liquor. That's a black man's beer. And I'm like, oh yeah, who wrote this? I know who wrote, <laughs> who this, wrote this? this. You know who wrote this? Nobody wrote the, this. The, the producer, director, <laughs> the producer Harry Hope wrote this. So. They had a couple of things. White man lines. They, and <laughs> they had a couple of things jotted down on some bar napkins. Yeah, right. there's our script. Let's go. Yeah. Well. So I looked up um, Jim Kelly, and I was reading about him, and I was reading about. Uh, this, that, and the other thing. It turns out he's the he show. Passed away. He, well, yeah, he was Recently. the school that I graduated in Black Building, Shodan Rue. That's his style. Oh, cool, man! I was like, wow, that's cool. It's an Okinawan style. It's very matter of fact. It's not very flowery, which explains a lot. And then I was reading more about him, and he, his claim to fame was that he, for a couple years in the seventies won every championship title that there was and that had hardly like never been done okay. so he was very strong was very fast very fast and agile yeah and that's what they showed every fight scene he did this thing where he would kind of sweep in and then and then go ha ah, ha 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 and punch somebody yeah, like, like a really fast like, like machine gun punches, punches yeah, in yeah. the stomach which and is cool it's cool but i've had that happen to me and you know what it does absolutely zero they have no power 
Like when you punch somebody like like that, it's like. But he won same. every award. It has to work at some point. It just, it just looks cool, right? Uh, well, it looks. It cool. just looks cool. That, oh, okay. that has the same effect as like if a butterfly bounces into you like fifteen times and. What then about fl- the groin grab? Does that one work? I believe that <laughs> yeah, works. Really, that one works. <laughs> if you're gonna go that way, but whatever. Yeah, well, yeah. I guess when you, I guess when the guy is gonna be so obnoxious that he won't give in okay dude you want to really fight okay i'm gonna have to go to the one that i don't want to do uh, boink uh, yikes. Yeah. and numerous times they did that like an homage to bruce lee where he he gets run off the road and then he runs after the guy and then he's like ah oh, you fell into our trap and all the guys descend on him and they all have their specialty weapons and then out of nowhere don't even know where he got these he starts whipping around his nunchucks like Bruce Lee, like the super fast. Of course. You know. um, now, I've done a lot of work with nunchucks. I, I grew up using them. I'm actually pretty good with them. They are the most flowery and useless of weapons. I You can hit somebody with them. Don't get me wrong. Oh, you can hit yourself with them, too. And but a good, pa- yeah, a good pair of Eskrima sticks or a sword... You don't really have much of a chance with nunchucks. They look kind of well, yeah, cool. Well, yeah, sword, yeah, of course. Well, you know, with your hand to hand, of course it's going to work. The one guy came at him with a scream of sticks. Yeah, well, which, that's Jim like, Kelly. Of course he's going to kick his butt. Good yeah, point. I don't know why I'm looking for logic. This is well, you, you, you look not only you're like, like, hey, you're man. looking for love in all the wrong places, <laughs> and you're looking for logic in kung fu movies. That's two strikes, dude. You got one more left. <laughs> I'm on thin ice, man. I'm on thin ice. Performance improvement plan coming my way oh, for my for logic. God, what am what am I looking? What is logic? <laughs> what has love got to do with it? You first saw him in Into the Dragon. Now see him as he's never been seen before. Jim Kelly is Black Belt Jones. <laughs> see him train his own army of girl high jumpers to help penetrate the hideaway of one of the mob's biggest bosses. See him retrieve 25 grand from the mob's own vault, guarded by the toughest hoods in the underworld. See Black Belt Jones join forces with a super chick who's a smash at karate and really means business. Jim Kelly, international karate champ, and Gloria Henry are a super team in Black Belt Jones from Warner Brothers Rated R, under 17, not admitted without parent. When you're hit by Black Belt Jones, it's a smash hit. Please give me a million dollars and the fridge with a padlock and, uh, oh yeah, huge pectoral muscles. All right, so at this point now, uh, we're back. And at this point now, uh, we have... Uh, <laughs> we're back. <laughs> hey, we're back, everyone. Back again with the finale of... So, odd job... Death Dimension. Death Dimension, brought to you in Sense Around. Yes, in Sensei Surround. <laughs> Sensei Surround. Something so, like that. So, yeah, so, uh, Jim Kelly is closing in, and the girl is... Has been captured. Has been captured by Odd Job. And he's... <laughs> My favorite. Go ahead. In the movie. Yes, please elaborate on this. He's got her tied up, and he's like trying to get the information out of her. And uh, I think th- at this point, does he t- does he remove the chip yet, or was that later no, on? No, not yet. She, he doesn't know he where. He doesn't it know is. about it yet. That's right. He doesn't know about it yet. So he's he, like trying to get her talking. She he thinks talk. she just has information, but she really doesn't know anything. Yeah. Because it's just in her noggin, in that little chip. So he. He goes, bring me the box. Cato, bring me the box. And you're like, what's in the box? Like a severed what's head? What's in the box? You know, what's what in the it? box? Like some, like some donuts, a severed head? And all of a sudden, he brings out this humongous, like, like, 
prehistoric looking alligator turtle or something with this hideous looking face. <laughs> yes. And he like goes like, watch this. And he, he's got the turtle by the tail. No, no, not a euphemism for anything. And then he's like. <laughs> and he's also, like, there's no PETA on set here. This no, there's no PETA or whatever, you know. And then he goes like, watch this. And he puts a ruler in the turtle's mouth. And the turtle like bites it. And you're going like, oh, okay, he's a snapper. So he's like, they, <laughs> they take the ruler out. And he's like, grabs a turtle. And he puts it in front of the girl's face. And he's like. If you don't tell me what, you know, what uh, I'm going to have this turtle snap your boobs off. And I'm like, are you kidding me? He didn't use the word boobs, by the way, but it was another one. A three-letter one. But, uh, you know. And, and you're like, wait, what? What? You know, and she's like, oh. And she passes out. And then we get a close-up of the turtle's face. She passes out. And then we get a close-up of the turtle's face because the turtle obviously has an agent who said, no, no, my turtle's getting a close-up or you're not getting it. No. So you're getting a because of, of like Snappy the turtle guy or whatever so she passes out so they're like okay well we can't you know snap her boobs off so let's wait till she wakes up and we'll go into the other room with the with the hookers and you know play like spin the turtle or whatever so I don't weird. know and that's this is so broken and also like again I, I I can't bring this up enough there's a very there was a huge swing in what was expected at a certain point with choreography and fighting like wow. uh, like a lot of the like the a lot of the, the the I'm not gonna say better a lot of the more defined or the the, the richer uh, kung fu movies have like their whole shtick is there's a style that they're trying to say oh this might be a thing drunken kung fu or whatever and they, and then they also like have choreographed fights which makes it they kind of go through it first where this one you could kind of tell he was like okay you come at me and I'm gonna do this and then you come at me. And it's they look very sloppy and yeah like well I mean it's it's not shot by the Hong Kong crew I know well and and it's not some of theirs is even bad there yeah. was a, there was a definite shift in 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 the industry when that became like almost the norm that you're like oh, okay very crisp very tight in shots and stuff like that where you know it wasn't just a stationary right. camera watching goofball. Kids but, like backyard wrestling, basically, you know. Right, right, right. But 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 anyway, yeah. um, she passes out. Oh, okay, sorry. And then she all of a sudden like wakes up, and because you know either she was faking it or whatever, and she does like she walks, she, she like you know gets a chair, hops, hobbles hops. to the phone, and she like with a pencil in her mouth or with her chin dials a <laughs> dials a you know like in the old movie she dials the operator and the operator's like. You know, oh, well, uh, I mean, I can't get you this number or whatever. She's like, so. get me general so-and-so. And you're like, wait, what? You're like, Yeah, right. So then she ends up calling, you know, she ends up getting the, the she calls the one nine one one or whatever. She calls the cops. She ends up getting to George Lazenby. Yeah. And she says, hey, look, I'm here in Palm Springs or whatever. And you got to come and get me. He goes, where in Palm Springs are you? And she's like, I don't know, but I need your help. He goes, okay, all right. You know, so he he runs off to go get her. And then he doesn't know where the hell she is, right? Yeah. So the next scene but is wait. like, but wait, the next scene she opens the door, and there he is with the other two guys. And I'm going, and I said to myself at first, I go, wait a minute, does this movie so like the plot so screwy that they didn't that he they figured forgot out where she was? <laughs> he just forgot. Here, here I am. Nope. Right. <gasps> Reverse Zabida. Oh my God. He's one of the baddies. He is one of the baddies. 
that's why they were always one step ahead of Team Kung Fu. Yeah, and in the meantime, like Jim Lee, J- Jim Jack, Jim Kelly, not Jim Lee, that's the comic book, right? Jim Kelly and Myron Bruce Lee are kung fuing <laughs> their Jim way. Myron Lee <laughs> are kung fuing their way to the same era because I think they've been tailing George Lazenby or whatever. They sure have, and then and then but then they're fighting, and they go to that one pool. They got a pool fight. They yeah, had a pool fight, and then and then like the, the guy. He falls in with an electrical cord or something like that. Remember that? Yeah, right? yeah, and he got stuck. Yeah, yeah, it's right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Myron, Myron, like knocks him in with an electrical cord and he electrocutes him and he unplugs it or whatever. So great! I was like, wow. Okay, whatever. And know? then there's a whole subplot where Aldo Ray, the great character B movie guy, not Aldo like, Nova, not Aldo Nova. Aldo Ray is like the guy who's trying to buy the freeze gun, and he's like, hey, I got thirty million. How much more do you want? And I like, know that was so weird. And and and, and uh, you know, odd, odd job is like. Oh, I want, you know, so and so. Outer Mongolia offered me fifty million. You know, come on, man, I'm right here. I got it. So anyway, they undo the chip from the woman, and they finally got all the pieces together to do the freeze bomb. Unfortunately, Jim Kelly and Myron Bruce Lee show up and break the whole party up. Hookers get one of the hookers gets shot by the gun or whatever, and then you know a, a battle royal fight ensues, and an odd job, and the other guy escape. Oh, this is the part where this is the weirdest. Yeah. This was the weirdest part of this movie, and I'm yes. like, what is going on here? <laughs> what is going on here? Because this is like the end of the movie. No, it isn't the end of the movie. No, no. They get into the world's longest car, one of those like eight, 70s Lincoln Continentals, Yeah. and Jim Kelly's chasing him. Now it's just Odd Job in the Haitian and Jim Kelly. And they're driving along. Jim Kelly and, and Myron. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right. Yeah. They are. So they're driving along, and, uh, and, and the they like kind of were almost getting them and then they pulled into this place and the bad guys run across a thing and get onto a gondola car and you're like yeah what right what are you doing what are you talking about that's going one place that that has one destination like it's not in the middle of a mountain range but it was a cool scene it, it, I, yeah, and then Jim Kelly flags down his buddies who have a police helicopter police helicopter because he's a policeman yeah. right yeah detective ash yeah <laughs> So, so they got a little shootout going on with the gondola and this and so that. So crazy. It was so crazy this part. So go ahead. Yeah, so they're like doing a shootout or whatever. And then like, you know, they get the, the Jim Cat, the odd job and, and the other guy, you know, get onto the other side of where they're running through the mountains. And, you know, Jim Kelly's got to find them, you know. Yeah. So he's like running around. And he finally has like a final battle. He has a final battle with the with the Haitian guy yeah, or whatever. And the Haitian guy's beating his butt. Yeah, he, he's beating him badly a lot. And Myron's going after Odd Job or right. whatever. And then, so then, then finally, like he, uh, Jim Kelly, like kind of corners the Haitian on the edge of a mountain. Right, right, yeah. And he does that, yeah, 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 like that super fast thing. And then he kind of like falls and he falls to his death. Yeah. And like okay, so the muscle's now dead. So yeah. now he's after Odd Job. Right. And then as he's running through Odd Job. I mean, they spent a little bit of money. There's all these explosions going yeah, on. Yeah, yeah. You know, as they're running or whatever. Squibs are going like, off everywhere. Yeah, the big ones, you know. So you're like, oh, okay. Well, I guess this is where all the money went, you know. <laughs> so yeah. so anyway, he was he catches up with Oddjob at the end, and he's like, you know, gives him the... Well, he... Like they fight, oh no, they get they, away. They, they get fight away. a little bit, and then he still gets he he almost Ajab, hits him with a Ajab, rock. Yeah, Ajab like does the head thing on him yep. and he knocks him down, 
And then the, then the, the plane shows up with the rest of the bad, the, yep. the rest of the crew. So Ajab's like, ha ha, I, I win. I've and escaped. He, and he gets into the plane. So he's got all everything. He's got the chip. He's got all the stuff. And he gets up in the plane. And then Jim Kelly Dude, finds his gun. He's he only got like two bullets left. Yeah. And you're like, what? He better make them count. Because he couldn't shoot him when he was in the helicopter. He couldn't hit the side of a barn when he was in the helicopter and they were in the Come gondola. Come on, man. But you knew that was going to happen. There's only one way they're going to stop him if they're in an airplane. He's got to shoot him down. So with the two bullets that he's got, he friggin' hits the fuel line. And kaboom. Kaboom. You know, and at the end, and at the end, he does a great kung fu kick at the Unbe- camera. The, the freeze frame ending of this unbelievable. Made, it was like he like kind of does this run up and he does the he jumps in the air to do a kick, and it isn't even like a full extension good kick. It's just kind of like a kick. And they freeze framed end credits, yeah, and, and I was like, "Oh my god, that was horrible." This, this is like, this is what you're gonna be expecting from <laughs> me when Kung Fu Theater. I know you're gonna go more traditional. So tune in every other week <laughs> for some bizarro movie. <laughs> I was gonna say on my week for good Kung Fu. No, no, go, to, go on my week because you're gonna you're gonna see movies that you never even heard of <laughs> for a reason. <laughs> for, uh, a, no. for, a, for a reason that now you're gonna be like blessed to find out that this okay. movie is on YouTube and you can watch yeah. it for free. There you go. So this was Jim Kelly's not most famous a- efforts. Again, I love uh, the I love the mo- I love Al Adamson movies and this yeah, they're kind of crazy. This is one of the quirkier ones of them all. He obviously didn't know, but in his in his in his great way of figuring it out, he made this clunky, yeah. great, goofy kung fu movie with the great. Yeah, there you way. go. Of, of one to ten, what are you gonna give it? I gotta give it a six. Okay, you're I, gonna go underwater. I, I am gonna one. go underwater. This is a four for me. Um, it could have been wackier. It could have been. That's wackier. the problem. It, it was Black Samurai was better. Yeah. So, but not a totally horrible experience. Don't Check get me wrong. I was making fun of it kind of for comedy, but uh, all right. That's it for this week. No, this you has weren't. been Kung Fu Theater. No, you. Weren't. My name is Mao. Doctor Morbius. As always, Doctor Morbius. You. Oh, you, so you sad. cut down my movie. Okay. Maybe we'll be back next week. Maybe we won't. I think we will be. Yeah, we probably. All right. We'll see you next week, everyone. All right. Bye.